Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we've got an exciting one for you. Not true. Not true at all. Oh, come on, Dave. It's infrastructure week at Cranky Talk. Airport finance may not sound exciting, but trust me, this is interesting and it has a tie to COVID. What is it? Well, I'll explain that in a minute. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight experiences turbulence, but did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Visit TurbulenceForecast.com to view turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. And I'll admit, I use this every time I fly. The free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use, plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. TurbulenceForecast.com also offers a concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website. Place your order before your flight, and you'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Exciting updates are rolling out later this year, including all new enhanced maps and an upgrade to our forecast by email service. So be sure to join our mailing list to be the first to know when those features are available. Check it out today at turbulenceforecast.com. So what exactly does airport finance have to do with COVID? If you live in the U.S., your local airport is almost certainly run by a local governmental entity. It's also funded in part by government money. This has some people wondering, with all these flight decreases thanks to the COVID pandemic, does that mean taxpayers will have to pay more to keep airports afloat? See, I told you there was a connection. And spoiler alert, the answer is no. But I found that when I tell people that, they generally don't believe me. That's why we're doing this podcast today. Did I say we? Oh, I sure did, because Dave is joining us once again this week. Hi, Dave. Hi. I, uh, I seriously have to sit here and talk about airport funding. Yes. Yes, you do. But come on, you live in Long Beach. Do you even know how your local airport is funded? Sure I do. Liar. You don't have to pretend, Dave. You're in a safe space. Sure. All right. I'll start with a question. What's your best guess about how the airport gets its money? Uh, I pay taxes and taxes pay for airports. Well, that's not entirely wrong, but it's not entirely right either. Super helpful, I know. See, commercial airports in the U.S. are almost entirely run by cities, counties, or in rare cases like in Hawaii, states. Sometimes airports are directly managed by those governmental bodies. Here in Long Beach, for example, the airport's just a city department like the library. Other times, they're managed indirectly by airport authorities. What exactly is an airport authority? It sounds ominous. It's not. It Just head up the 405 to LAX and you'll find that airport's run by an authority called Los Angeles World Airports. Over in New York, the airports are autonomously run by the rats that live there. Wait, I mean, they're run by the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. But these authorities are independently run, usually overseen by a group of airport commissioners that are appointed by the government responsible for that airport. For example, in L.A., the mayor appoints the commissioners, and the city council approves them. But let's not get too tied up on this. The point I want to make is that regardless of whether an airport's a city department or part of an authority, the funding mechanism is basically the same. Long Beach Airport may be a city department, but it can't just raid city coffers for money. 
there's a very strict structure in place as required by federal law that basically says airports generate their own money and that money stays within the airport to pay for expenses. The airport has to run independently from a financial perspective with no ability to just reach into the general fund to magically create money. So wait, you're saying my local tax dollars don't pay for any of this at all? Well, I wouldn't go quite that far. After all, there might be projects outside of but related to the airport that are funded by local tax dollars, which you pay for. But anything specifically on the airport, you don't. Federal dollars do go to airports, but that's mostly for infrastructure projects, not day-to-day operations. And the money's not coming out of your income taxes. This is old data from a 1996 report, but back then, the 71 largest airports in the country had only 10% of their revenue come from federal grants. The other 3,233 got 50% of their money from federal grants. In case you're wondering, the 71st largest airport in the U.S. in 2018 was Spokane, Washington. Long Beach, by the way, was number 69. (laughs) Come on, Dave, focus! The vast majority of airports in the U.S. don't have commercial flights, so we aren't going to worry about that. We'll focus on the bigger ones here. These grants fall under what's called the Airport Improvement Program. In 2017, that was responsible for doling out $3.3 billion, but only $800 million went to the big airports. This program is all about making sure that the nation's airports remain in decent shape. The largest pot of money, over a billion dollars, was used for runway work. The rest goes toward terminals, taxiways, you name it. Again, all of this is infrastructure work, so it's not like an airport needs more money from this if the number of flights decrease. This stands alone. Okay, but don't my tax dollars still pay for that? That's how the feds get their money, right? Well, if you buy a ticket on an airline, then yes. Ticket taxes fund the AIP, but your federal income tax dollars do not. The program is actually funded by what's called the Airport and Airways Trust Fund, That program gets its money from ticket taxes, freight and mail taxes, and aircraft fuel taxes. If there are fewer flights, then yes, revenue will go down. But that just means there's less to award and projects will have to wait until there's more money or find another way. All right. So you said that only $800 went to the big airports in the U.S. in one year. But uh, that doesn't really seem like enough. Does that mean the rest comes through taxes? Man, you really think I'm trying to trick you here. No. That's not funded by taxes. Some of it comes from the PFC, or Passenger Facility Charge. The government created the PFC back in the 90s so that airports could tack a fee on every ticket that included a departure from that airport. This is currently capped at $4.50 per departure, up to $18 on a round-trip ticket, but not every airport charges the full amount. This money can't be used for just anything. It's meant for improving facilities. It's also a contentious fee because the airports want to be able to jack it up higher. Meanwhile, airlines, the ones who actually sell the tickets, don't want fees to go up. Why do the airports want to jack it up more? Just because they're terrible people that want all of my money? I mean, I can't say I know them all, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they aren't all terrible people. These airports just know that the money they get today isn't enough to fund most projects. They say they need more, and the PFC is an easy way to raise the money. Until that happens, the PFCs will remain helpful, but unable to fund big projects alone. And that gets us to our next source of funding. In Long Beach, and in most big airports, these improvements are partially funded by GARBs, 
general airport revenue bonds, or something similar. Basically, the bonds are sold to the public and are backed up by the money the airport generates through operations. Okay. So now if Long Beach can't pay those bonds, then they have to snag my tax money to build it out. You just keep hammering on this, but no. These bonds are backed by airport revenues. If there's not enough money, they can't just go and tag the city for the funds. The bondholders are the ones that lose out. There are other funding methods, too. For example, sometimes airlines will fund projects that benefit them greatly. That may or may not be paid back to the airlines over time as a credit on their cost to use the airport. Smaller airports have other ways to get creative. Uh, Take the Columbia Airport in Missouri, for example. It's a tiny airport on the best of days, squeezing out 10 regional jet flights. It needed a new terminal, so they put an increase in the hotel tax from 4 to 5% on the ballot. Voters approved it, so this still isn't raiding the general fund. But Dave, if you decide to go visit Columbia, well, you're going to be paying more now. Hmm. All right. I begrudgingly admit that I may have been wrong, but... uh... This all sounds like it's only for airport projects. What about just normal day-to-day running of the airports? Ah, yes, good point. So all of this stuff is for improvements, but the day-to-day is different. This is generally funded straight out of airport revenue. All tenants at an airport pay rent. That could be an airline renting office space, or it could be a maintenance base or a flight school. There are also landing fees charged when an aircraft comes to an airport, and that usually varies by weight of the airplane. For example, at LAX in the fiscal year that just ended at the end of June, passenger airlines were charged $5.08 per 1,000 pounds of gross landing weight. Cargo carriers only had to pay $3.93. There's also revenue that comes in from airport shopping, parking, car rentals, and even toll roads. Wait, toll roads? Yeah, look at Dallas-Fort Worth. They have a toll road that runs north-south through the middle of the airport. It's a convenient road for people needing to get to either side, about 2,500 people a day cut through it for non-airport purposes. They now have to pay $6 for that privilege. That raises more than $5 million a year. I, I can't decide if that's evil or genius. Or both. Speaking of DFW, it makes good money from an oil and gas lease, too. Other airports have made money off real estate deals. It's pretty amazing. Okay, great. So you're saying my tax dollars don't pay for anything? Actually, they do. I knew it. You have always been a liar. Easy there, Tiger. It's a one-off, so don't get too excited. I was just going to point out that the airlines weren't the only ones getting stimulus money. The CARES Act went to airports as well to help them out in the short run, not just airlines. So technically, you will probably eventually have tax dollars paying for some of that. But again, that's just a one-off stimulus. All right, all right. I'll allow it. Whew. Good. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight you take has turbulence, but wouldn't you like to know how much there will be and when it will happen? Check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and a concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's turbulenceforecast.com. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, let us know. Email Dave directly at dave at crankyconcierge.com. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at crankyconcierge. 
And if you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com.